Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to Funny Business, a podcast for free thinkers and creators. I'm Robbie Hicks. And I'm Lockie Bradford. Well, today is Monday and that means we're getting to know the people behind the stories. We talk to guests from all walks of life and unpack what makes them special. We are naturally curious, Rob. Well, that is what makes us special. Anyway, we could talk about ourselves all day, but Monday's episodes are all about our guests. Let's find out who we're talking to today. Prime, thanks so much for jumping on and chatting with us today. On the Funny Business Podcast. It's a good one name. Do people call you Prime or Tom? Uh, It's Prime. Everywhere it's Prime. It used to be Tom or Bolshe, but it's just, yeah, it's Prime everywhere now, which is, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Did you coin your own nickname? Uh, Well, (laughs) yeah, you're a bit of a wanker if you choose your own nickname, aren't you, Rob? I don't think that's really allowed, but uh, but I, yeah, I came up with Prime. It it used to be called Pandemic Training, so I wanted to keep the PT um, thing, so I just searched. Words that started with P and Prime was what I landed on. I like that. I like that. So what, you just went on Google and just had a bit of a yeah. squiz and just sort of said, let's just make something happen. Words starting with P and I had that many um, P's come up and I had a few, you know, there was a few other ones that were like pur- purposeful or like, you know, a few things. But I think, yeah, I landed on Prime. It just, for me, it just encapsulated what I was going to start doing. So that's what I went with. Uh, you've just been doing some backflip seasons, just finished. How's the body pulled up? Uh, well, it's uh, it's pretty sore. The hammies were starting to get a bit tight towards the end of the year, and and everyone's like, you know, you've had you know you had a long year. You're probably due for a for a, you know for a preseason and off season. I'm like, mate, I got to play again in three weeks. Going up to NT, so you don't get much time off. Um, what you're doing, I guess, I, I, as you might know, I do a little bit of content kind of stuff. So it keeps the content rolling and and keeps you earning money, I guess, at the end of the day as well, because that's what you got to do. I wouldn't say a little bit of content. You're fucking Eddie everywhere. I was looking at, Rob, you actually got me onto to Prime's work and I was looking at some of your, your TikToks and, and, and the stuff you're doing. It's fucking awesome, man. Big, big fan. Well, for, for us, like one of the things like being in this space and covering so much business stuff, it's really mm. interesting how you've set what you do up, you know, and I, I think that's a lot of people could learn a lot of stuff from how you're doing things if they get past the original like Australia's not known for like people going all out and doing that sort of stuff where yeah. being around footy clubs, it's a certain environment and you're putting yourself out there. Have you always been able to feel comfortable doing that? Yeah, I think that I've always been um, a pretty out there and confident person, but, you know, I've, you know, I'm the same as every, every male probably, even though some males are probably not that keen to admit it. You know, I've gone through stages of not being as confident and that's been, you know, for one, one, one of my big things was I had really bad acne um, kind of through my teenage years and that really stopped me from kind of putting myself out there a little bit. But um, as I started to deal with that and got over, you know, a few other humps as you do throughout your adolescence, you, you grow up and, and start to just probably got to the age of 20, 21 and I was like, you know, I don't want to be 60 and haven't done anything really meaningful with my life, so I said, you know, what's the point of caring? What you know, I went to a, a private school, and a lot of the time there, you you got a lot of blokes there saying, you know, don't do this, don't do that. So I probably got to a stage where I was always a little bit different and didn't really care what other people thought of me. But then I kind of just threw it all the window and just said, let's just do it. Let's just start posting on TikTok. Let's just start posting on Instagram, and whatever happens, happens. When was that? So when did you first start doing content? Uh, it would have been twelve months ago. So around around about twelve months ago, I would have started doing content and, um, you know, the group chat was blowing up. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing, mate? What are you doing, Bolchi? Uh, you know, starting to post all this stuff on TikTok because even 12 months ago and probably still now, a lot of people have 
I guess, um, you know, a few differing views on on what TikTok actually is. They probably thought that, you know, I was doing some dances or whatever people used to do on TikTok. But it's kind of grown now to be that main source of, of content. You can kind of go into whatever type of content you want to do. So I was always fitness content for me. And something that I was always passionate about was fitness and sport training and training athletes and, and playing footy, I guess, as well. So you go through, you're playing juniors. I'm tipping you would have been a, a gun. Was the plan to to get drafted and do all that sort of thing? Yeah, man. I think everyone's got it in their head, don't they, that they're going to be on the MCG playing. Um, James Heard was always my idol, so I grew up an Essendon fan. It was always like, you know, I want to be playing playing with James Heard's kids. I want to be uh, growing up to be a big Essendon footballer. And um, it probably wasn't until I moved to a, a Western Australia and started going to and playing school footy there and probably got a bit of reality check in year eight and nine about how good I actually was, you know, because everyone's pretty good in their country town. You know, I was, I was in the Gold Coast Suns Academy. thought I'll get drafted to the Suns if all else fails, you know, like whatever you think growing up as a kid. And then it was really good going to, going to that school and probably give myself a bit of reality check because it was um, – it really made me focus as well on my education and think, you know, if footy doesn't work out, I've, I've definitely got a backup plan. I can love that. Hey, what about the approach of now? Like you go there, you go over to, to WA, you had a year playing the the, the Quaffle. Is it still the Quaffle? Neefle? What's it called now? Yeah, it's Quaffle. Quaffle. showing the age, yeah, huh? I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I couldn't believe watching the VFL the other day. I, I was like, Quaffle kids. I was watching the VFL and I'm like, fuck. It's like Sydney, Brisbane, or some shit. I'm like, yeah. I didn't. I was out fucking playing in Craigieburn. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm out playing Craigieburn. Yeah, because last so last year I played in the VFL and I was playing for Astley, which is a Brisbane team. Um, and it was a crazy experience going out. We played against Box Hill. We played against Frankston. Franger was an absolute. That was a Oh mate, it was an experience. You you would have played VFL down at Franger probably. Well, I played in Franger and they had the, they were beating the drums. They had still the drumman down there. Oh mate, it was it was a reality check because uh, you know you're playing Queensland footy. It's pretty free flowing. You come down this little ground, Frankston. It's about one degree. I'm freezing. You've got my compression top underneath my long sleeve jersey, mate. I'm a winger half back at, in, at that stage. I'm pretty soft. I'm out in the wing, I'm trying to stay away from the contest. And there's I'm 18 or 19. There's yeah, just getting smashed. We almost got up. I think we got done by 10 points in the end, but that was definitely an experience down there. And and now, like, 12 months in, you do this content, it takes fire. I feel like I'm sure it's opened a lot of doors and opportunities now where you can take media as a career, but also, like, obviously you're going back up to play footy in the NT. Is this a model that you've seen, like, I, I talking to Locke before off air, like American sports, and there's heaps of these people that are, like that one of the guys destroying. I don't destroying. Know, you know, I was about to say, he's yeah. crazy, bro. Like he, he goes in, he can he can kick the fuck out of the ball from sixty yards. He just does content. He's in and around the NFL. It's almost like the also the people that almost get in there, like the NBA two Ks, like they're mm. they're street ballers. The professor, yeah. yeah like is right. that? Who who do you take inspiration from? And and now that your content's like this, where do you want to take it? It's um it's interesting because a lot of people did um compare me kind of to destroying it at the start and. I'd never seen any of his content. So it was pretty much, um, you know, I. it's interesting because it's really difficult to start doing content, especially on like playing footy and stuff like that and trying to give advice to younger kids when you're not playing at the top level. And it, you probably have to get over that own hump of, your, of, you know, kind of a bit of a pride pride thing as well because you're like, do I, should I even be deserving to give these guys any advice? You know, like, do I deserve to, to do that? And for me, it was probably like, um, you know, 
they they still see you, I guess, as, as someone that's older that has played VFL and um, you know has played in those different leagues. Even even if I hadn't, I think that that young kids still will look up to you. So um, yeah, for me, it was it was an interesting way of starting it. I definitely, have watched some of Destroying's vids lately, and definitely have taken some inspiration out of it. I think that he's amazing what he does. Um, I see he does, like goes to different places around America and they do like 1v1 battles. So like they go like one person is like the receiver and one person is like cornerback or safety and then they like have to go against each other, which is like a really cool thing. And then they like get kicked out and then it's like the last two, which is like a really cool thing, which I reckon could do with like a goal kicking challenge or something in AFL. Um, but yeah, something like that could be really cool. When you're first posting this stuff out, you mentioned you just said, fuck it, I'll just put it out there, whatever mm-hmm. it is. When did when you first played the first game of the preseason or whatever like that, and you got people watching it and they whatever? Did you expect that to sort of happen? How did you like prepare emotionally for that? Yeah, it's such a it's such a difficult thing. I think that at the start, I really just said to myself, you know, if there's people actually coming to watch the preseason games, you know, there's not many. There would have been like max fifty people coming to watch, and it's like, well, if there's fifty people that have made the effort to watch, I'm sure there'd be. 500 that would watch it online right so it's like it was like what do you get out of you know what do you get out of not doing it like absolutely nothing right so that was kind of the big thing for me i was like i don't want to look back and think that was a missed opportunity like there's so many things that i'm starting to do now you know um i've don't know if i should mention it but i'll keep on the dl but um i've got like a protein brand that's coming out so i'm like that that's again for me it's like could it be good could it fail who cares? I'm going to do it anyway. And if it fails, whatever, at least I know that I tried. Have you always been like business minded? I feel like a lot of people, like for us, we find it really frustrating. We've got a lot of friends Mm. and people are in different sports who don't leverage the opportunity that they have. Like I'm very much aware of the opportunity because I was someone who, when I played, didn't have social media, didn't have any profile of that sense. And now I'm going, fuck, it would have been nice if I had just had it back then and we could have had something to leverage with what we're doing, at least a baseline, because we started yeah. funny business from yeah. pretty much scratch. So it's, it'd be cool to hear your thoughts about what you think. Is it just, are they blanketed by the fear of doing it? Uh, do you, could people leverage it more to be, to turn it more yeah. into a business? Mate, it's such a difficult thing, again, to say, because I'm lucky enough that my, my old man, he's an entrepreneur, so a lot of, I guess I've kind of grown up my whole life taking a lot of things from him and, and he's been a really good role model for me. Um, and it's interesting, the same thing. I, I look at my mates and I'm like, lads, you can, you can do this if you want. You know, you can do that. You know, you're kind of a little bit in the rat race here and, and they some people just don't have that mindset. And it's difficult because it's like you're not – you see them as not reaching their potential maybe, but like in their head, their potential might be different to what your head uh, might think of their potential as being. So sometimes, you know, you can only give people advice and if they don't take it, then then that's all you can do, I think, at the end of the day. But I do 100% the same thing. I get I get a little bit frustrated because I'm like, you guys could leverage what you have and start to do this. I've got John O'Freeman that plays my team who's an ex-Brisbane Lions player. I'm like, you know, you could start – you know, you've kicked seven today, you know, you could leverage that, post it, and people would want to train with you. And you could do one-on-one training if you wanted to, like on a Wednesday afternoon, and you could earn good money out of that. But I think I think some people as well don't put themselves under enough pressure financially. Like they've some people have to think like, 
or, or they don't set goals. Like for me, I've got a goal of how much I want to earn each week. If I don't hit that, then I'm like, what can I do the next week? It's going to help me earn that. I, I like on your courses that you went through and you made them like sports specific. Mm. You know, you've like for an online business, 99% online, I'm sure that there's a there's a core element that's very similar, but there's tailored parts that you're trying to help for each part. I haven't gone through and, and sussed them, but yeah. How important are you you're like building the right products or building offerings that you know are because as your community and the people who follow you keep growing, growing, I'm sure they're not all the same. They're all interested yeah. in different shit. They're sliding to the DMs asking for different things. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's the thing about starting a business, right? You've got to look at the coffee shop, you've got to look at um, the personal trainers that are in the industry and then you've got to pick holes in them and say, what am I going to offer that's different? No one else on the market that I know does personalized programs. So you fill out the gym the gym form. You say, how many injuries have you had? What injuries have you had? What sport do you play? Um, all this sort of stuff. And then I can tailor your program towards that. I don't know anyone else in the industry that does that. Um, and I don't know anyone else in the industry that sells like a Gaelic football program. I've got a lot of people in Ireland that buy my GAA program, which is like, you know, no one have any idea here that have no clue. You get a lot of people that buy the ice hockey program in, in the United States, right? So it's kind of like, I was like, what can I, what do, what isn't offered in this industry? Sport specific programs. I don't know anyone that does an AFL program that's like, that's actually tailored and that trains AFL players. So for me, I just found a, a little gap in the industry and then leveraged it with professional athletes as well, you know, um, leveraged it with people like Patrick Cripps and Tom Mitchell and stuff that I was training. Like, I can use this as well to create a business that it's going to be or look that I can advertise as being better than other businesses. Oh, you must love fucking KO and all that shit. You'd be watching all the sports and looking at all the different movements and stuff I like that. I love it, man. Uh, yeah, on. you have no idea. I'll flog it. I love um, – I love soccer as well. I'm a big Premier League fan. I love my um, American sports. I love basketball. I love NFL. I, I'm always listening to podcasts and listening to Shannon and Skip all the time. I'm uh, I'm listening to just like any any NBA podcast that I can listen to or any like talk show because as well that's the other thing over there. It's just like it doesn't stop the sport doesn't stop. So it's a really easy thing for me to give them a program because it's like. Sport doesn't stop in America. So I'm kind of trying to bring that to Australia as well, like a little bit. Like if we can make cricket programs and AFL programs that kind of encapsulate Australia because we love sport, we love swimming, we love all that sort of stuff. So if I can start, you know, there's there's things out there, there's talk shows and stuff, but like there's not really like a training regime. So like if you're watching Fox Footy, for example, you might learn a little bit, like a tiny bit watching it, how where to run, blah, blah, blah. But then there's a missing element of like how do pro athletes train. I remember when I was growing up and I was like, I want to train like these AFL players. I've got no clue how they train. No idea. I don't know what running they do. I don't know what gym weights they do. So I'm like, maybe that's what I can offer to young kids coming through the system. I like that. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? What does a normal week look like for you? Um, Coco, sure. So my dog That's is... That's all right. What's Coco? What breed? Coco, Coco's a Labrador. She's a protective dog. Um, Coco, shush. Yeah. <laughs> normal week for me would be... Uh, I'm a bi- I'm really big on getting up early in the morning. Like, completely changes everything, I reckon. So if you're up at 5, 5.30 in the morning, you're up before anyone else. You get in a gym session, you're pretty much ready to go to work by 7.38. Now, working for me... A lot of filming, a lot of editing, 
a lot of writing a program. I'll generally work from any time between eight and two maybe uh, and then like might have a bit of time off, go for a walk, walk the dog, go for a run or something, catch up with mates. And um, But I'm still working a lot of the time. I'm sending out merch, I'm doing ads, that sort of stuff. There's a, I do it all myself, so there's a lot of other things that kind of go into it, I guess. Well, doing it by yourself, that's interesting. So you just, like everything you're doing, is, you're, you're kind of like a bit of a content cowboy. You're just learning on the fly and just sort of seeing what works and sticks. I'm sure you're looking at the feedback and seeing like with with merch and stuff, like you've got a lot of stuff going on. Are you learning through YouTube, books, podcasts? You mentioned podcasts before. Yeah, it's, it's really trial, trial and error for me. Like a lot of people are like, a lot of people will ask me, they're like, how many hours do you work in a day? Um, I'm like, what do you actually consider as being work? Like technically for me, I don't feel like I work. For, I don't feel like I work at all in a day. But like for me, scrolling on TikTok for an hour, that's, that's technically work. I'm... Every time I'm looking at TikTok, I'm looking for new sounds, new trends, stuff like that, things that are going to start to push out my video if I'm going to create something. So I remember when um, that Andrew Tate bloke was all over everyone's feed. There was a specific thing that he did in his videos. He started doing subtitles in his videos that were like a specific type of subtitle that you can only do on like Adobe Premiere Pro. And it's like if I start doing that, then my videos are going to get started to push out on the algorithm and it's going to catch people's attention. So you – You've got to keep looking at all these things, Instagram reels, what what's going up on Instagram. Keep looking at your insights and what's, you know, what pushes out and what doesn't. What about some videos that caught fire? Have you gone? Do you go back and dissect them? Do you go back and go what worked, what didn't? Like you play footy, like you yeah, sure when you look back at a game you played. Yeah, it's really good point. Like I think that everything is, you know, you have to be really self aware of what what works and what doesn't. So for me, what works actually won't work again in two or three months because the algorithm's always changing, right? So if you post something and it's, and it's really good, I'll post a very similar video in two or three months' time and it won't do as well because the algorithm has completely changed. So it's funny because it used to be on TikTok, seven to eight or seven to 10 second videos would go, I, I got like a couple with like four mil, five mil uh, views that were only 10 seconds long and then, most recently, there was a highlights video of, of me playing footy. It's pretty much just me being a pest and getting pushed around the whole time. And that was that ended up getting like four or five million views as well. But that went for a minute long. So it's, it's constantly changing um, what the algorithm does. So you just got to keep, like I said, keep scrolling on TikTok and see what works and see what doesn't and be self-aware. Can you, can you look up what the algorithm's doing? Because I've tried doing that shit for like LinkedIn, for Instagram and stuff like that. It seems like, like you say, it just moves on so quickly. So you really have to be right onto yeah. it, don't you? Mate, it's impossible because yeah. you know what the problem is? The experts in the field have zero followers. So like, <laughs> who are you going to take advice from? Are you going to take advice from someone that has zero followers that hasn't become famous, thinks that they know what the algorithm does? Or you're going to take advice from someone that has 500,000 followers, like that don't really ever give out advice because if they did, then everyone would probably have 500,000 followers, right? So you got to be very careful with what you're reading online because a lot of the time they don't have, they think that they're experts in the field. They don't have any followers, they don't have any likes, they don't have any viral videos. So how the hell would they know what the algorithm does? Did you feel pressure about having to get a kick on the weekend? Oh, like, I'm mate, sure. Mate. I'm sure. If you turn up and play <laughs> yeah, like shit, it would be the worst. <laughs> mate, it sucks because you 
you've uh, look, I, I honestly cherish it. I really do. Um, I really do love it. And the, the the biggest thing for me is when like when I start to flip the switch on the field is when someone says to me, oh, I get some pretty funny things because obviously I do the game day vlog and put, you know, a lot of me playing footy in there. And if I haven't got a touch, then everyone's like, <laughs> start getting game day vlogs with me pretty short this week, mate, uh, from the crowd, which is always pretty funny. Um, but easily, I'm like, shit, you're probably right. I'm going to have to start getting a kick here. So it usually flips a switch for me. I'm like, yeah, you're right, actually. But honestly, I don't really think about it too much when I'm on the field. Like, I'm honestly just thinking about playing footy and, and winning like I always have. Um, I've got a massive competitive edge in me, and, and I and I love winning. I, I absolutely hate losing. Um, but I think that being competitive is really important, not just in sport, but also in a business sense as well, because... You have to have that competitive edge and you also have to think you have to be confident and think of yourself as being better than the person that you're standing next to because that's the first thing. And if you don't do that, then you're instantly already putting yourself down and you're already inferior to your opposition. Oh, you love that shit. Right. You love Rob loves. I love that. <laughs> no, he's a competitive just, beast, aren't you? You, just, you have to be competitive. You know? I'm better than this. I'm better than you. Do. You, know, you, you do. You like but it. Like, hey, it's, but in America, right, that is normal. So that, that I've my sister lives in New York and, and I go to America three or four times a year. I've got a few athletes over there that play um, in the MLS and and a few baseball players as well. So when I go over there, I love their mindset. They're like, you know, I'm going to be the greatest, and they, you know, my soccer players aren't going to be better than Ronaldo, but they think that they're going to be right. And everyone around them is like has the same mindset, and it keeps you trying to build on that. But in Australia, that's really shunned. Like you're like. If I say to anyone, I'm like, oh, I think I'm better than this person. See you, mate. You're don't. You're arrogant. You're gone. Like we don't like you. But that. So you got to be very careful in Australia what what you say and then what you actually do. Confidence is a big thing, I think. Like confidence and 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 just putting yourself out there, I think, and just um, it, it, like when we have like opinions on things and just it makes us sort of. It makes you play better, doesn't it? Makes You're you going to come out of your shell yeah. a little bit. You can't yeah. sit in the fence, especially that's probably the thing that we've learned from doing the pod. If yeah. you go back to our early episodes 200 years ago, we were shocking. You know, they were horrible. We didn't know mm. how to, we would like cut and cut and edit. Oh, no, no, no. Just, he just blames me for everything. But I yeah. blame you. Go back yeah. and listen yeah. to them yeah. and you think, oh, this is, I need to improve this, this, and this. Yeah. Yeah, it is, bro. It is. Tell us about some of your best games, though. Like, I want to know, like, have you have you had Matt, a go on for out? No. Go on for out. Come on, let's go. It's an hour and a half podcast. I just want to hear stats. Mate, we could be, stats how long do we have on this podcast? <laughs> just give us a stat line. Give us a highlight. Give us a stat line. Um. Uh, okay. Well, I, I had a few good ones this year. Um. <laughs> I watched one when you had forty. Well, I, like I think the first one. Lines. First What's one, that? I think I watched. You had forty touches and you kicked three goals and you lost or something like. That's yeah, pretty stiff. You can't do too much more, can you? Yeah, I was game. pretty angry with that. Was against my old side as well, so I was real. I had a bit of a, yeah, I had a chip on my shoulder that game. I wasn't happy that, that we got done. So yeah, I had a few this year, but I know it's difficult. Yeah, it's difficult to say. Um, but yeah, I had had a few good games this year, which I was glad about. Um, We're not gonna. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get it. Trying to get it. Hey, you uh, you're trying more. to get me here. I'm not gonna do it. Mate, you if, if anyone out there wants to go look, just search on my name. You can check my stats. Hey, that's it. <laughs> if you, if you, put them in the comments. What was the best games? But no, seriously, what about you, you mentioned before? You got people over in Ireland. 
You're doing yeah. uh, yep. people over in America doing stuff. What's your goal with what you do? Uh, you mentioned something before you, another project coming out. I feel like a lot of people that we try to explain to that don't understand this opportunity that exists in the creator economy, right? You, you now have the ability if you're selling things all over the world to have an international business, be an international profile, do yeah. all sorts of different stuff. That must be pretty exciting to, but also in, in the same time, difficult to not like choose a pathway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and something for me that I've always been massive on is, is having goals and having a two year goal, having a three year goal, having a four year, five year, 10 year, whatever it might be. And, you know, um, reminding yourself of them pretty much every day. So I write them down every morning about what I want my goals to be. And, and, you know, they might change because I might reach one earlier or, you know, I might be further away from one, whatever, whatever might happen. But what I think that I've got two spaces that I can really start to attack. And the first one's probably the AFL thing. And, um, you know, next year, just continuing doing those game day vlogs and stuff, which have been not, they've been great for me, but they've also been great for a lot of people watching them. There's a lot of education involved. And um, I think that that's a really, really big thing for, for kids coming through. Um, no worries, mate. Um, yeah, and that's probably the big thing for me. So I'm going to keep working through that. Um, and then I think that the other thing that I've got is being that athlete trainer and and going around the world and and being able to train NFL athletes, train training baseball, whatever it might be. Um, that's probably the, the opportunity there. It's crazy, isn't it? Because you're probably thinking as a kid, AFL player, how gross would that be? And then all of a sudden mm. you find yourself in another country training all these athletes in sports that are just out of fucking this world, you know, like I think in Australia you can sort of live in a bubble. You go over there, it's completely fucking on steroids, isn't it? Oh, mate, it's the – so my, my, my sister, she's younger than me, but she was lucky enough to get a rowing scholarship um, and – so we went around and toured some of the facilities over there in America, some of the colleges, and like you said, it's on steroids. Like they had one gym, um, 52 squat racks in one gym, which if you can just Im like imagine just like how big that is. So every player had their own squat rack, <laughs> which is just like stupid. That is just ridiculous. Like, um, And then it was pretty much like a – it was almost like a superdome like an MCG of a gym, pretty much. That's what it was. So it was one of the craziest things going over there and 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 experiencing that and thinking. I, I think that one of the biggest things that people can do is travel and, and immerse yourself in different cultures because, like you said, Australia is a bubble. It's a small, small thing compared to what opportunity like opportunities around the rest rest of the world. So you really have to get out there and see what's going on to actually know and understand like how much bigger the world is and don't get caught in this little bubble because there's so much bigger things going on out there. Hey, our part in the show, Heaps Normal, non-alcoholic beer. The question we ask all our guests is, what's your version of Heaps Normal? What's the thing you turn to when you're looking to get some energy back in your life? Hmm. So I, I've probably already said it, but but I think it is, it is the most important thing. Um, and it's a sleep schedule. So eight hours sleep and the the same wake up and sleep time it can be difficult especially um you know as a younger person if you you know go out on a saturday and completely ruins your sleep schedule and it might take you a day or two but it's just it's that discipline in your own head at the end of the day and if, if you don't have that discipline in your head um 
you know, you've pretty much already lost the battle. So I think you set one alarm, don't set two or three or four, because if you set that many, then you, you're telling yourself already that you're going to fail. You're telling yourself that you're going to sleep through that first line, you're going to smooth it and you're going to go to the next one. So just set one, that's it, you're done. You wake up at that time, five in the morning, clear head, you're ready to go up. I cannot, like, tell people how important it is to sleep and get up early in the morning. I don't care if you get six hours sleep or four hours, get up at 5 a.m. It'll completely change your life. I'm going to go, can you come and talk to my nine-month-old baby daughter and just tell her, dad needs eight <laughs> yeah, hours straight <laughs> sleep, you know? If he doesn't get eight hours sleep, he's going to be shit for the week. So oh, if, you come give how, yeah. word, if you give her a stern how word, how naive really of me. How naive. Sorry, if you're under the age of, yeah, if you don't have a child, how naive of me. Sorry about that. No, 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 but you can, no, but but last year I was like that. Before Matilda was born, Mm. my thing was exactly, I was going to bed at 8 o'clock because we were working. Earlier than that, straight after the Masked Singer, he'd be in bed, (laughs) you know? And he'd be just fucking (laughs) lounging around up 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 in the morning. But again, it's like one of those things like sleep. You talk about it all the time. You love. I love. Sleep. He worked. Like used to work at a float. You know, like the float tank joints for a while. Yeah, He'd yeah. Be doing I love those places. Back to yeah. back every day. Two hours, bro. Just sinking in that shit. It feels like an eight-hour day. That's sleep. actually that is fucking elite. I love. You that. like it? I love it. Yeah, they're so good. I'm big on that. I'm big on like compression garments. I'm big on like a um, float tank. I'm big on yeah any type of cold water immersion. Massive on it. You like Wim Hof? I actually do, especially in the winter when you have to try and get into the bloody ocean here. And it's about, I live right next to the beach. It's like that cold. Couldn't imagine being like Melbourne or something. But uh, yeah, I'm moving to Melbourne in a, what, a week, two weeks, which is exciting. So that's also the opportunity for me. Like down in Melbourne, there's so many content opportunities down there. We're going to have a little bit of a content house, which again, I think it's one of the first thing time in Australia you've really seen a house of kind of all people together that, that are kind of doing the same thing, which is going to be really exciting. Uh, yeah, because that's cool because you did sign to a management company, didn't you? Yeah. 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 So the management company as well was probably a thing that I've had a lot of brands come to me and, and they're like, can you do this, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a lot of back and forth. How much, like, I don't know how much to charge people as well because I'm so new to this stuff. Like, I don't know how much I'm meant to charge people. I don't know you know, what the industry rates is or, but I don't know any of that sort of stuff. So it was really easy when a management team come came to me and then pretty much now they just give me the concept. They tell me how much it's going to, how much they're going to pay me and then I'll just say yes or no. So it's, it's much easier for me to do it that way. How long are you be in Melbourne for? Probably a year or two at least, I'd say. Um, it's, yeah, there, there's a lot of things I'm really keen to do next year with, with content, um, especially on YouTube, I'm going to start doing kind of uh, like a almost like what that James Corden bloke did. How he did that like carpool karaoke kind of thing, but like with my athletes, and then we'll go to the gym, we'll do a session, then we'll come back and have a protein shake or something, and then drop them off home. But we won't actually sing because I'm not a good singer, so we'll, um, we'll stick to just stick to going to the gym and having a chat. Bro, I love this shit because this is what people are dying out for. You know what I mean? It's like literally, what do you want to watch? It's like you love surf content, I think, yeah. for that exact reason, don't you? You follow yeah. along for the day. You see exactly what they're doing. Like I'm looking at stuff that my missus watches and it's like vlogs on people's like what they do throughout the week. People are just interested. They want to know what's going on. Which, bro, like I've never watched a vlog in my life, which is <laughs> which is why I was so cra- like I was so like 
I kind of was like, I don't watch YouTube so no one else does. <laughs> I don't yeah. watch vlogs so no one else does. And then when I started posting, people were like really interested and I was like, like, there's definitely a market for this. Oh, mate. And it's fun. You know what I mean? It's like a fun yeah. life. And I think like you can't underestimate that. Like there's so much seriousness and shit out there. And if you can, like your whole thing is bringing the vibe and doing that, like you really can't yeah. go wrong. Your bad days aren't really that bad, are they? Because you're fucking, you're in, the, you're in the right frame of mind. You've got the right people around you. And it's been so fucking cool, man. The fact that you do it all yourself. I don't know how you film yourself while you play footy. You got the drone thing in the pocket. I don't know. But- I've got the uh, yeah. I've got I pay a videographer to come and, and film, which is which is very good. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that up in the NT. I might just have to like screen record the, the but they all get filmed anyway. So, um, but yeah, I'll probably yeah. Anyway, the the getting a videographer and stuff is pretty expensive, but she does all the editing and stuff as well, the vlog. So again, that's another stress off my shoulders, so I can kind of just focus on writing programs. Hey, I'm, I'm keen for some behind the goals running patterns vision. You know, give us some running patterns. Bit of tick lead. <laughs> hey, before we let you go, uh, we're getting to the pointy end of the year. What can we expect to see from you? You mentioned going up to NT to play footy. What else is on between now and Christmas? Yep, great question. We've got, um, so like I said, we're going to go down to that content house. We're going to bring a, a lot of, I, I love my cricket. So I'm going to bring a lot of, firstly, backyard cricket, um, hopefully with, with a couple of beers in hand, uh, non-alcoholic, of course, 0% ones. Um, and we'll just be bringing some of that content, so which would be very, very uh, exciting. Um, and then, like I said as well, bringing, bringing a lot of content around, kind of some more chats with, with some pro athletes, with just some day-to-day, maybe as well, something that I do want to bring in uh, is some chats with some people that, that didn't make it uh, or that you know were in the industry and then out of it as well to give especially young athletes that focus on education and and there's other things as well to your life if you don't make it um forever in the footy space or in that whatever soccer whatever it might be that you have to have backup plans and you have to be focused on other things and have good relationships with people oh man it's so nice to meet you and thanks so much for being so open this has been a sick chat you're a legend guys i really appreciate it anytime this has been a well-being network podcast (laughs) 